While much of the world's attention towards Sudan has been devoted to the conflict in Darfur to the north, there is also a humanitarian crisis in South Sudan. The South's two-decade-long civil war with the north claimed millions of lives, and although a peace accord was reached in 2005, South Sudan remains one of the most underdeveloped areas in the world and suffers from homelessness, famine, and disease. Dajo in South Sudan is located in the northeastern region of the Upper Nile State. Dajo has been relatively unreached with development work, and much of the region can only be reached by foot or plane. This is where you'll find Catherine Holzer, a physician assistant working at a medical clinic that serves the entire region. Imagine walking four hours for healthcare. The people in this region do, and they come to see Kathy and her medical team for care. You're listening to ReachMD XM160, the channel for medical professionals. Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. I'm PA Lisa DeAndre Linnell, your host, and with me today is Katherine Holzer, Physician Assistant and Medical Training Officer for Christian Mission Aid in South Sudan, Africa. Today, we're discussing bush medicine in South Sudan. Hi, Katherine. Welcome to ReachMD. Hi, thank you. Nice to be here. Katherine, you've been involved in medical missions in many countries. Tell us a little about your medical history and how you found yourself in Dajo. Okay, well, it started when I was working in Kurdistan, Iraq. I was not a PA at the time, but I was doing some medical programs there. And using the Where There Is No Doctor as my medical guide, it was then I decided I needed more medical training. And after I finished my work there, I pursued a degree as a physician assistant. And from there, I've just ended up in different parts of the world, and now I'm in Sudan. So what does it mean to practice bush medicine? Well, just imagine yourself working in a clinic where you have mud walls and maybe some iron sheeting for roofs with no electricity, very limited lab technology, if any at all, no electricity, and people who have to walk, like you said, walking maybe four hours up to two weeks to get to medical care. That's what it's like. Tell us about what common medical issues you see in the clinic. Well, the most common one is malaria, which is probably the number one killer in sub-Saharan Africa. And then also we have the typical diseases like diarrhea, respiratory tract infections, as well as a host of other tropical diseases that you've probably never heard of. I didn't either until I got there. What are some of the most difficult ones to treat? Well, I would have to say that all of them are difficult to treat in our area because the health literacy rate is so low, and most people still attribute much of the disease to witchcraft and other sorts. So they still think that malaria is caused by walking in the sun, and that just makes it very difficult to try to combat these diseases and get people to come in for medical care. Well, I recently read a report of a suspected Ebola outbreak in South Sudan. Was that true? And if so, how do you protect yourself from the dangerous illnesses that you confront every day? Well, honestly, you are the first person I heard that from. We have never heard of that, and usually we get that kind of news right away. And what we do experience probably more often would be things like meningitis, TB, and pneumonia, those types of respiratory infections, we did have a cholera outbreak, and that really can hit the area very easily and quickly. The way that we protect ourselves from things such as malaria and yellow fever, which is endemic in the area, is through prophylactic medications and then just being very careful and, of course, just a lot of prayer. Let's talk about your medical role in the Sudan. Is there an equivalent of a physician assistant there? 
Yes, in this area of the world, the closest thing I would have to say would be a clinical officer. They do get, I believe, about three or four years of training. It's somewhat similar to what we get, although I would say, still say our physician assistant program in the States is a little bit better than what they get. And do you tell people that you're a PA or do you use a different term? Well, I do tell people I'm a physician assistant, and they kind of give me like a blank stare. They don't quite understand it, and that's when I know I need to say, well, we're close to a clinical officer, and I try to explain to them and educate them on what a PA is, And but it's still, in our part of the world, it's really relatively unknown. Well, we still explain here in the States, too. So what do people call you there? Oh, well, I have quite a few names. <laughs> I was first given the name Nyamungwa when I was working in a new area just to the west of us, and that means good girl. And now I'm working in an area where there's not so many new and so they gave me the name Yupida, which means the same. And now we have Darfurian Arabs, that there are traders that are moving into our area, and in Arabic they have named me Taiba, which also means good girl. So you must be a good girl there then. I guess they think so. I don't know if my husband would think so sometimes, though. (laughs) Well, obviously, the delivery of medical care is very important there, but you also do a lot of medical teaching. Tell us why that's so important. Actually, I have seen this from the beginning when I started working in healthcare. That was back in the 90s, and I saw such a great lack of knowledge and preparation for caring for their own people. I guess one of the things I've seen even with people who want to be medical missionaries in other countries is they have such a great desire to go and be, quote-unquote, the doctor or the nurse or the PA that's going to take care of all these people. The problem is they usually end up leaving. And one of the things we have to remember, we're never quite going to fit into their culture. And I think that the best service we can do is to teach and to help these people by building their capacity to care for their own people. They're the one that speak the language fluently, understand the culture. So the more that we can build their capacity to deliver good health care to their own people, I believe the most important thing we could do. And so that's why I focus that a lot. I really feel like I would like to leave a lot of Sudanese health workers that can practice as good as any PA in the States. And so that's my aim and my goal here. If you're just joining us, you're listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD XM160, the channel for medical professionals. I'm PA Lisa DeAndre Linnell, and I'm speaking with Catherine Holzer, physician assistant and medical training officer for Christian Mission Aid in South Sudan, Africa. And we're discussing bush medicine in South Sudan. So, Catherine, help us understand what it's like to live and work in Dajo. Help us visualize your surroundings and where you live and how you do all your daily activities that we take for granted here in the States. Well, okay. We fly into our area by a little caravan plane. It holds about 10 people or so. And so once we land there on the airstrip, we walk to our compound. We have a grass fence. We live in mud houses with thatch roofs. My husband has made the compound in the clinic as best as he can with the help of the locals there. We use solar power, which gives us a little 12-volt light in our house. We don't really have running water, per se, although my husband has put up some tanks that allow for some gravity feed of some water. We've got pit latrines, outdoor showers. We live in a compound with other workers that work for Christian Mission Aid, the organization I'm working with. So I work and live very closely with Kenyans and Sudanese. 
And all I have to do is wake up in the morning and walk about a minute over to the clinic to work or walk over to the training center to train. It's all right there, <laughs> surrounded by a lot of people and animals and you name it. It's just pretty basic. Most people are very poor, live on less than probably $90 a year. It's a very, very poor area. So where do you get all of your medications? Well, they come from two areas now. Christian Mission Aid purchases some of their medications from Kenya, and then we also get some of our supplies from the Ministry of Health in Juba. And we're very thankful for that. I pushed very, very hard for us to get some medicines to treat river blindness. I don't know if you've ever heard of it, onchocerciasis but it's a very terrible disease that causes people to go blind without medicine. And now we are getting that medicine as well as a few others from the Ministry of Health in Juba, Sudan. Well, the Physician Assistant Foundation has been a big supporter of your efforts in Dajo. Tell us about what their support has brought to the community. All I can say is I am so thankful for the PA Foundation, specifically Susan Hoffling, whom I know very well, They have helped me from the beginning. I wanted to develop some training curriculum for our Sudanese health workers, which they helped to fund. And then since then, they have funded a resource center now that we have outfitted with solar power, uh, laptop computers, which were donated by some of our friends, some medical books, and as well as other educational books. We just finished building the Dajo Training Center, which they helped us to purchase solar power and other stuff for that. And they're also funding literacy programs, which we're doing here. I can't thank the PA Foundation enough for all the help that they've done. Well, they're very proud of you as well. And I know the AAPA awarded you the PA Humanitarian of the Year Award a few years back. So well-deserved. Well, thank you. Well, the value of the physical exam, I'm sure, is something that you understand Because in the United States, we've replaced that with diagnostic testing. And I know I worked in Honduras for a bit, and I quickly realized how important those exam skills are. Do you find that volunteers you work with struggle with that? Well, actually, we haven't had any volunteers out there yet. We're getting them in bit by bit. One of the things I'll say is, from my own experience, I don't know how many times I was pulling my hair out and saying, oh, if only I had an x-ray machine, or oh. I wish I had better diagnostic skills for our laboratory. We can only do very limited, limited tests. However, it has really honed my physical exam skills and my history taking, of which I'm trying to pass on very much to our health workers. They still haven't gotten it yet, but bit by bit they're learning, but it is a challenge. And all I can say is I'm so thankful that I'm a PA and that I'm not another medical profession that might have been brought up to use those other diagnostic skills more than just a good history. So do you think you'll ever practice medicine in the United States again? All I can say is I want to. (laughs) I don't know what's going to happen right now. We still have tons of work to do there in the Sudan. Our clinic uh, serves a population that sometimes walks as far as two weeks to get to the clinic. I know you said four hours. That's about average. But we do have people regularly coming from a week to two weeks away because there is very limited care in the Sudan. And we are raising up health workers that one day will have to take over. And so I really don't feel like we'll be released until we get them trained and until um, we can go home. All I can say is I hope one day to go back home. I do miss working with my peers, but at this point, this is where I'm at. Well, tell us about some of the people you work with. What is your team like? 
I work with an NGO that employs Kenyan nurses. All of them are trained nurse midwives. And we also have some Sudanese clinical officers and nurses. And we live together, work together, eat together, the whole bit. It's a challenge. We are different cultures, so that's always a challenge, trying to learn one another's culture and respect it. I would have to say some of the nurses that I work with are excellent. They have worked in bush medicine not only in Kenya but also in Sudan, and I've learned quite a bit from them. All I can say is that I'm pleased to work with them. It is a challenge sometimes, though, because we do practice different medicines. For example, I tend to use less antibiotics and want to just be more judicious in the medicines that I use. They tend to use more medicines, so that's kind of always a struggle. We try to live and work with it. So if people are interested in getting involved with what you're doing in Dajo, how can they get in touch with you or get more information? My husband and I have developed a website, and they can always go on the website for more information. It's www.hopeforsudan.org, and they'll find a lot of videos and some of our newsletters and other information, and then they can contact us uh, via that website as well. How has this experience changed the way you feel about the practice of medicine? Well, now I am an extremely big advocate for preventive medicine. I have been always been that way because my mother was a dietitian and she always used to, you know, preach to us about eating right because you'll stay healthy. Well, I see now even a broader view of that. I did present a lecture at this AAPA conference on the global burden of disease. And after much study and research on that, I see that so much disease is preventable. Even in the United States, our chronic diseases are preventable. Now, I work with different diseases in the Sudan. These are not really chronic diseases. They're preventable, communicable diseases, but they're still preventable nonetheless. So I am a big, big advocate for pushing preventive medicine. We need to teach people how to prevent disease by living a better life, eating better, people knowing when to come to the clinic when they're sick so that they don't prevent a treatment, which hence would help keep people from dying. I see too many people die in the Sudan because they did not get to the clinic in time. Well, Catherine, we thank you very much for coming on the show and stay safe there. And we look forward to seeing you next time you're in the U.S. Okay. Thank you so much. I'm PA Lisa DeAndre Linnell, and you've been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD XM160, the channel for medical professionals. Please visit our website at ReachMD.com, which features our entire library through on-demand podcasts. And you can also find us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. And thank you for listening.